This is Derek Moyer, and welcome to the Freedom Fighter Podcast. going to read a psalm and this is this wasn't any of my notes just a psalm that I believe God has placed on my heart a wee bit of background to it David has been anointed king but not appointed king at this point and so he's in trouble Saul's chasing him He's hiding with a band of robes and warriors in a Dullam's cave. And David is so desperate to go back to Jerusalem, to the temple, where he came to know God. And this is his prayer. He's having a conversation with his own soul and with God. As the deer pants for the water brooks so my soul pants for you God my soul thirsts for God for the living God when shall I come and appear before God my tears have been my food day and night and they say to me where is your God I remember these things And I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with the multitude and walk to the house of God with a voice of joy and thanksgiving. A multitude celebrating festival. Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why are you restless within me? Wait for God. For I will again praise him. For the help of his presence, my God. My soul is in despair within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan, from the peaks of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep at the sound of your waterfalls. And your breakers and your waves have passed over me. The Lord will send his goodness in the daytime. And the song will be with me in the night. A prayer to the God of my life. I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? As a shattering of my bones, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why are you restless within me? Wait for God, for I will again praise him for the help of his presence, for the help of his presence, my God. A remarkable psalm when David shares his deepest emotions with God, the despair of his soul for the situation in his life. So, we take this moment 
to quieten our soul and say, wait for God, for you will see him. He will raise you up. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I've been asked to speak about finding God in the dailies. The key aims of this session is I want to have a wee look and maybe do a wee bit of teaching that's very short on what we mean by spirituality. Because in a modern world we're hearing all the time, because everybody's spiritual, isn't they? Everybody wants to be spiritual. Uh, so we want to have a wee look at what that actually means. I then want to look about awareness. So this idea of finding God in our daily lives we first of all have to recognise whether we're awake or whether we're asleep Ah, there's people in here with their eyes open but maybe they're asleep you know and there's people who are resting who might be awake (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we want to look at that and find out because so often we hear go and do this good thing go and do that good thing but sometimes we have to look at the mess now, not to live in the mess or identify ourselves with the mess, but we have to look at it. Um, Martin brought a wee message in uh, to our small group uh, today, and he spoke about the mess that he'd seen on the counter of the <coughs> eggs and other stuff like that, right? And what we tend to do with our mess, so he put the mess into a wee box. Isn't that what we do with ours? We'll stick it all in a wee box and we'll hope that it doesn't resurface. <coughs> That's what we do. And then I'm going to speak a wee bit about just finding God in everyday life. So, um, when we're praying, we have to pray mindfully. And that means, and what I mean by that is, sometimes we have to think about and experience what we're saying, rather than just opening our mouths and telling God stuff he already knows, you know. Um, you know, God, I was away out for a walk today and I saw you there, Lord. What? He knows that. You don't need to tell him that. You just say, thank you, God, for meeting me in my walk. You know? Um, so we have to pray mindfully and we have to engage all. So it says, and here's the amazing thing about God. If you're weary and are burdened, come to me. How many of it? Just 20%? 50%? All. Are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble heart, humble of heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So we've already done the wee quiet prayer. But I want you to so I've wrote up your silent prayer in journaling. And people get mixed up with with both of these. Spend some time in quiet prayer. And then journal. Yeah. Don't do it the other way around. Trust me in this process. The process is important. Sometimes I'll get away to journal. I'll be journaling there all day long. And, but it's not done anything for me. And I do like journaling because it's cathartic. Especially when I'm in a bad way, journaling it all down. Um, but prayer first and then do the journaling. So what is spirituality? Next from Derek. So what is spirituality? It's a strange one. Spirituality means any experience 
that has thought to bring the experiencer in contact with the divine. Ah! So spirituality can, in fact, be a lot of things, as long as it brings, brings us into contact yeah. Yeah. with Christ. Outside that, it's spiritual, but it's no real Christian spirituality. Okay? So Christian spirituality always engages the Trinity, the universal God. Know the universe. Okay? So you hear all of this stuff. It's just the universe. My energy's out in the universe. And all that stuff. What? Which is fine. So it is. But the God that I know made the universe. Yeah, he made the whole thing. And he calls me into an intimate relationship rather than some distant thing that just seems ethereal and doesn't really go anywhere. God's a real personal God. And it engages the Trinity. Now, I'm not going to... There's a whole lot of teaching we can have on what we mean by the Trinity. A lot of people get mixed up with it. But Father, Son and Holy Spirit completely aligned. Three separate persons. Each with their own personality. But one person. Okay? Or one God, three persons. And here's the amazing thing. The Father is not trying to be the Son. And the Son's not trying to be the Father. And the Spirit's not trying to be the Son. And the Spirit's not trying to be the Father. They are completely comfortable in who they are. Because they are complete in who they are. This is a remarkable thing. And here is this. So it's really hard to try to give you an illustration that is going to make you see how we can... uh, Come in. Um, So this is just my wee kind of pathetic kind of analogy, but it kind of works for me. If you can imagine Father, Son and Holy Spirit as three planets, right? Now I know there are no three planets, right? But imagine there are three planets, each with their own in perfect harmony with one another. And they're orbiting around each other in this incredible movement of creativity and dance and love for one another that they, by their nature, have to expand this out. They can't hold, or he can't, God the Father can't hold this love any further. So he has to expand. And it's into this wonderful spiritual dance that because of Jesus... We get invited right into the centre. Oh! Yeah. So for the dancers here, it's spiritual, Debbie. There's something spiritual about dancing with yeah, God. Yeah, the Jews did it all the time, didn't they? Yeah. 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 Dance is David Dance. Dance is David Dance. Take my clothes off of there. No, you're all right. No. Oh, you've recall. I hope you can edit that, Derek. Oh, I've got enough work, but no. <laughs> so there's key pillars in, in the Christian life, isn't there? Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to go into this for too much, but prayer, meditation, fellowship, bring bread, service giving, praise, worship, and that last one is so often forgotten. Oh, come on. Oh, oh come on. That's what the presence of God should bring us. A sense of awe and wonder and amazement at who he is. The intent of Christian spirituality is to facilitate the Holy Spirit's inward transformation of our hearts and the renewal of the mind, which is reflected 
in our outward, outward behaviour. So the transformation starts in how we feel, how we think, and how we act. And here's the thing, if you don't change your thinking, you'll just recycle your experiences. That's all that will happen. If you don't change your thinking, you'll just recycle your experiences. It's really important. Next one, there. <coughs> so there's fruits of a spiritual life. So the fruits of love, the fruits of the Spirit is uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those who are in Christ, now this is really important, those who are in Christ are distinguished from unbelievers in that they have been gifted yeah. with the Holy Spirit enabling them to bear fruit. And fruit that what? Lasts. Lasts. Fruit that remains. I was in Dubai a few years ago. I was travelling out to India. And um, we stopped off in Dubai. I don't know if anybody's ever been in Dubai, right? It's built on sand. The whole place is built on sand and oil. The sand might still be there in another thousand years, but the oil's not going to be there. So they're building all of this stuff on sand. Right? And it made me really think. Now they're doing other things now to try and... They know this. So they're doing other things to try and do something with the country. But it made me really think of how we have to build our lives in the right place. And it starts in here. It starts in here. It's an inside job. And unless we start in here, we'll get involved in tasks. So contemplation and action is the same as faith and works. That's the way I see it. When we contemplate, we're operating in our faith. When we put in activity, we're serving God. And that's kind of how it goes. It's faith and works and action. We're only saved through faith. I get that. You don't need works to be saved. Um, however, if you don't have any works and you're claiming to be saved, I'm going to say, I'm not sure you're quite there yet. Right? Because you don't have to be saved long to start serving God. You don't. You can be saved. You can be saved a day and think, I think I'll go and help the council a day and pick up some rubbish. So you do, it doesn't need to be complicated. Okay. So, um, next one, Derek. Are we awake, asleep, conscious, or unconscious, aware or unaware? So, what I want to do very briefly, because I don't want to take too long on this, because I want to get into the dailies as well, but this is to create a kind of foundation for this. <coughs> um, it's not possible to stay in contemplation, in peace, 24 hours a day, every day, Everything's wonderful. See, anybody tells me that, oh, everything's great, everything's wonderful. The Lord's got me, I've been saved for 30 years, I've never had a bad day. Right, uh, it's like the wee guy, I remember when I first got saved, I got saved at the Tron in Glasgow. And I started going there for a wee while. And I forget this. Um, I, I went to the balcony there, it was, there was about 600 people there on a Sunday night. And I was just new, right? I just brand new, the, the, the whole Christian thing. But I was enjoying the preaching. I'd know, known about Jesus because of my upbringing. But I knew about him, but I didn't know him. But anyway, the preacher was preaching about separating the wheat from the chaff and all that stuff. And I said to this wee man behind me, 
wee old man sitting there, calling tidy black suit, very smart. And uh, I said to him, that was brilliant, wasn't it? He said, yes, it was very good. I says, but that um, preacher was talking about staying away from sin. I says, I'm really struggling with that. I was only saved a few weeks. And uh, the guy says to me, hmm, I can understand that. He says, I don't think I've sinned now. I must be going on 37 years. Wow. <laughs> 37 years without sin? I couldn't do 37 minutes at that time. <laughs> eh? So we need to have a realistic view of walking in this grace. If we all had to start thinking, oh, it's a bonus. Now we have to recognise our sinful life changes when we get him on the inside. He does the changing. Now we have to apply some effort sometimes, yeah. right? So if, you're, if one of your things is to stay away from drink, you don't go in a pub, you don't get a job in a pub, it's stupid, isn't it? I mean, a lot of Christianity is quite common sense, you know. Jesus is quite, it's quite simple. I know sometimes we overcomplicate it. Uh, but the best you can know is to cultivate, and I've heard Derek talk about this, and Vince talking about cultivating and nurturing. And my sense right now, it's over these past few years, the work with Derek and particular Landwins have been doing has been cultivating ground. And let me tell you people, today you're on fallow ground. If you're here today, there's an opportunity for you to put your roots into Jesus. What an opportunity. This fallow ground is ready for us. He's crying out to each soul, come to me. Come to me. I'm ready for you, even if you don't think I am. So, you don't need to tidy up your life first. Isn't that great? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, each person views the world through their programming. So, where do we get programming from? So, I call it our cultural indoctrination. So, the family that you were brought up in, if you were lucky enough to be brought up in a family, but the culture in which you were brought up has shaped the person that you are today. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And it's very and it happens in the very early years. And sometimes if those early years have been peppered with hurts and pain, the body and the emotions remember it goes deep into the subconscious. Because children aren't able to separate it and put it into a wee box. So the subconscious just takes it and leaves it there. And that's why we get triggered. Ah, yeah. oh, that's it. So it's not my fault I get triggered. No, it's not your fault. It is, however, your responsibility to look at it. My daughter said to me, I've got a daughter who's, uh, she just had a baby 18 weeks ago, and it's my oldest daughter. And uh, when she was pregnant, she thought, sometimes I'm a bit stressed and stuff. I'm like, okay. I know she's stressed, right? Uh, so anyway, she said, what do you think I should do? I said, I think you should go and get some therapy. Because after all, you know, and so she said, I think I will. So off she went. She got six weeks in this Christian counselling centre. Or a Christian counselling centre run by, or a counselling centre run by Christians is a better way to say it. Anyway, after three weeks I regretted it. She came back to me and she said, by the way, Dad, can we have a word? <laughs> I said, what about? <laughs> and she says, um, see when I was a teenager I, says, I, I remember it well mm-hmm. she says you shouted and bawled at me more than once I said that's correct yeah. 
Um, she said, you even embarrassed me. I said, of course I embarrassed you. You were drunk, you are only 16. Shut up. <laughs> um, and she said, uh, I just want to tell you, Dad, I was traumatised by that. <laughs> and then she says, and to make things even worse, do you remember when you threw me out the car on Maryhill Road? <laughs> and I says, how do you remember that? You were only five. <laughs> <laughs> so she was. She's only five. You should try and get her seatbelt in the back seat. I said, right, that's it. Maryhill Road, stop the motor and put her out. She's five. And I've drove away about ten yards, right? And I thought, what have I done? And I'm sorry, darling. <laughs> She says, we'll see that. I'm traumatised by that as well. <laughs> and I said, okay. I said, I'm sure everybody's got trauma. Everybody has, right? But it's the extent of that. And I said, Katie, I take responsibility for my behaviour in those things. I says, but here's the deal now. You can't get through the rest of your life blaming me for your trauma. You have to take a wee look at it and say, now that I recognise it, it's her responsibility to deal with it. And the amazing thing was, she did. She continued with her therapeutic input and she's dealt with it and we have the most amazing relationship. But it took time. It took time. It took time to cultivate uh, her even being brave enough to say, by the way, you traumatised me, Dad. Oh, dear. Eh? So the challenge is when that old programme includes pain, we avoid it, we blame, or we judge. Don't we? Next one, Derek. So, um, do we lack awareness? So, people who lack awareness, so I'm going to get through a couple of wee awareness things here. And maybe you'll recognise times when you're not aware, because when we're operating with God on a daily basis, there's different areas of our lives where... We would like to think uh, God is in it, but actually he might not be. And so, unless we look at where we're not aware, or we're not conscious, so just being conscious of God, uh, and being aware of his presence can be really, really helpful. So, but if we lack awareness, or so people that lack awareness or, or lack that sense of, uh, have got deep insecurity, Fear of inadequacy, fear of external inspection. That's me, by the way. Yeah. I don't like internal inspection. I'm all right now, I'm standing up here. Yeah. It's too late, you can inspect away. But see, before, I'm going, oh, I don't know if I prepared the right stuff. I don't, you know, so, and because you're, a, you're my external inspection. Oh, dear. So, I, even though I've been doing this a long time, I still get that wee trigger. There's a part of me thinks, God, don't take that away. You know, because I need you. Um, it's hard to be self-aware if you're unwilling to be vulnerable. So when people say, so often in Christian circles they say, oh, the Lord says to forget about the past. Put the past behind you. Actually, he's not talking about your past. Was he not? No, he's not talking. What the Lord's talking about, so in Isaiah 43 it is, I think. Um, God is saying, I've got a new way of doing things now. And Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. What was finished? The old covenant 
Now let me try not to be too religious about this. The old covenant men, you had a list of rules that you had to try and keep, and you all failed, so you're all loused, right? In the new covenant, he took all the problems of the old covenant and took all of our sin, this is amazing, all of past, future, present, onto himself. It's mind-blowing. He takes all of that away, away <coughs> of the immensity yeah. of that. Um, and so we have to recognise and be vulnerable enough to look at our past. Yeah. The willingness to admit Mistakes suggest mental toughness and emotional maturity. It suggests that you have the insight to understand that while mistakes are part of us, they don't define us. So we'll all make mistakes. We'll all do sinful. They'll do things that will be that'll make us feel ashamed. Do you know them feel shame and they're ashamed? So if I get a big brick and I throw it right through that window right now. I'm going to be, I'm ashamed of that. I should never have done that. That's not the same as shame. Shame is something that we have internalised. Usually from children. The difference is, being ashamed is being ashamed of something I've done. I've done something wrong. Being a person who is shame-based is there something wrong with me. And that's the difference. And all my life I was told there was something the matter with me. All my life. And then I found the Lord and he's saying, just join the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> They're not all right either. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Um, so how can we truly see within if we're not willing to open up? And I just mean sometimes open up to ourselves. No go, oh, it's too hard to look at. No. Maybe you'll find something that is hard to look at and you might need help with that. So, if there's trauma and pain yeah. and something that's coming up here, for goodness sake, go and speak to somebody. Yeah. Speak to somebody here. Or go and get some good Christian counselling. Yeah. Do what you need to do. Not everybody needs counselling. You can join <coughs> exercise class if you want. If that works for you, it's fine. Um, next one, Derek. Criticising others. Here's the, th- <coughs> the reason I'm talking about finding God in the dailies and talking about this, is this is the things that we do every day that block us from being aware of God's presence. God doesn't run away when he sees us criticising. We just can't feel him. We just become unaware of him because we're too interested in criticising all them. (laughs) And here's the thing about criticising, it feels good at least in the moment. When someone criticises someone else for saying something dumb, they're implying that they're smart. Well, no, I do. Come on. Huh? You know? Um, which feels good. When they criticise someone's taste and style or a sle- a- 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 aesthetics, I don't even know what that means, uh, they're implying that they're sophisticated. Too late for that now. Um, which feels good, doesn't it? Criticism of others is a form of self commendation. We think, we, I love this. We think we make the picture hang straight in our wall by telling our neighbour that it's not hanging straight in his. It doesn't make us any better. Um, Maybe we'll avoid hard decisions. Does anybody do that? Or decisions, for me, I'll avoid difficult tasks. 
I can't don't want to do that. And it's caught up with me, but I'm going to have to do it. And one of the reasons we don't do difficult tasks is because we're afraid of being judged. It's only one of the reasons. Um, but more often, any procrastinators among us? Yes. Yeah. I was going to be a procrastinator, but I'm going to do it tomorrow. But the reason for procrastination is, is because we attach emotion to the task. And, and it's an uncomfortable emotion. And so we oh, oh, no doing that, and so we leave it. Uh, when people chronically avoid difficult decisions by procrastinating, for example, it's often a sign they aren't really willing to look at their own mind objectively. So when I'm, so what I've been doing, really, when I started preparing for this and realised I've got a pile of stuff to do, I'm saying, God, do you want me to do this? Do you want me to do that? I said, I think it would be better for me to do this because then it'll be in my head for me to do that. And she'd leave that. Yeah. And see, when the Lord tells you to leave it, that's no procrastination. So I've just left it with him, and I know that when I pick up, I don't know, just go smoothly. I just know. That's faith. That's faith. Um, But don't delay everything, because, you know, time keeps marching on, even if you don't. Uh, Next one down. If you're unaware, you'll be probably fairly vague with your feelings. You know, um, it's easy to say I'm a bit upset than it's to say I'm really sad, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, or, uh, what is it? I'm no angry, I'm just frustrated. Yeah. Frustrated is mild anger. Come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. There's really only four emotions, did you know that? Sad, mad, glad, and scared. Mm-hmm. Everything else is a, deriv- a derivative of those. Um, and so we want to make this new journey in our lives, but there's some stuff that we have to leave behind. And what I'm talking about leaving behind is old attitudes. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about let's forget everything that happened in the past, because that's just no real. You've got to carry it in your memory. Yeah. God's not saying cut out a bit of your memory and leave it there. <laughs> you won't remember. But maybe he's saying try to look at it through different lenses, yes. mm-hmm. through the lenses of Christ. And then you can start moving. Yeah. You can't swim for new horizons if you haven't got the courage <laughs> to leave the sight of the shore. Yeah. So sometimes we're going, so some of us were talking about that as we're preparing talks and thinking, the right way to prepare a talk is to do all the notes. And then if we do that, and then, no, the Lord's telling me not to do notes, but I'll go back to them anyway. Yeah. You know? And so yeah. all of that stuff happens. But for us to really step into new horizons, we have to leave sight of the shore. Okay, worrying about the future, there's people here saying, thinking, so I'm concerned about my family. So I'm concerned about my family. And a bit of worry, yeah, but I don't think, uh, I would say I'm getting overstressed about it. There's a wee worry here, and I need to hand that to God. I need to get into the place of really feeling that I've done that. So handing, handing something over to God isn't as simple as saying, I hand it over to you, Lord. Because then two minutes later, you don't you meet that person and you're in there. So, the idea is to emotionally hand them over. And what does that feel like? Especially when it's somebody that's hurt you. Remember, you're giving them to God, you're not asking them back into your life. Because they might have hurt you. 
And if somebody's hurt you, don't keep inviting them back into your life just so you can get a wee morsel, a wee morsel of comfort for your loneliness. Because that's often the reason. So why do so many people do it chronically? Most people worry so much is because they, they haven't probably taken time to think about what worry is. You know, so people say pray. Uh, I thought, what is it? If worry, why pray? Pray, why worry? I don't know. Anyway, worry's normal. Every human being is going to do it. So I have a, I have a solution for any worriers. Anybody a wee bit worried here? Okay. Do you want a solution for worry? This is the solution. Here you go. Get yourself a wee shoebox. Right? Or a wee box. And get all your worries. Write each individual worry down in a post-it note. Nah, you'll need a big box of post-it notes. Yeah. <laughs> your hand goes up quick. So, <coughs> get all your worries. Put them in a post-it note. Put them into this wee... If you want to compartmentalise them, put them into the wee box. And pray over them. And say, God, I'm going to give you these. I'm just giving you for a week, oh Lord. Mm-hmm. And I'll come back and look at them. Yeah. And then put them in a cupboard and say, genuinely. Now they'll come out of your head. You'll go... No, I'll look at it and every week at the same time open your worry box and look at your wee post. Am I worried about that now? No. Worry about that now? No. Worry about that. So have a good worry about it. Worry as long as you like for an hour. Right? Just worry. Give yourself a, a worry hour. Once a week. Have a worry hour. Right? But you're not allowed to worry any other time. So there's something really practical about this that gives you permission Oh, I'm not supposed to worry, that's a sin. Shut up. You take control of it. I'm going to worry for one hour once a week. I'll put my box and I'll pick it up next week. I'm telling you, when I started doing this, eventually I had no worries. Because I came back to the box and was dealt with, dealt with, dealt with it. Any worries left this week? No, that's fine. Amazing how it works. Worry doesn't, um, doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrows, it empties today of yes. its strength. Amen. So if you're just doing it once a week for an hour, you'll not be too knackered. But if you're doing it every day, every ten minutes, yeah. it's going to drain you of energy. Here's another wee issue. It's ruminating on the past. <laughs> it's as unproductive as worrying. So ruminating, so... There's animals that ruminate. Cows and sheep ruminate. So what is rumination? They regurgitate what they've eaten. And they eat it to take more nutrition out of it. When you are dwelling on things of the past, you're regurgitating poison. Eating it and throwing it back down again. Um, Our past is littered. If a past is littered with trauma, we'll easily engage with the past. But usually it's the shame, the guilt, the inadequate, the sad loads of regrets, the resentments, the fear, the failure. These can get triggered unconsciously, by the way. Unconsciously. Somebody says something to you. A waiter in a restaurant, somebody in the church says, oh, I didn't really like that, and all your inadequacy comes up, then there's a resentment. All that stuff comes up. Spiritually self-aware people acknowledge their past. You may even feel triggered. The triggered emotions. But don't live out 
of the emotion. Yeah. So they'll feel it, and if you're really mature, and breathe. What am I feeling here, Lord? Oh, I've got a big anger bit in here that's want to punch this guy right in the face. Yeah. <laughs> right? So normally, oh no, I'm not allowed that, throw away! It doesn't it work? So now I just speak to that wee part and say, hey, punch you. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. You can't fight your weight through a wet paper bag. Calm down. <laughs> it's just an attitude. I'm not a fighter. I'm a writer, I'm not a fighter. <laughs> <laughs> but emotionally, we've got to bring all of that stuff before God. Don't ruminate. Um, but we have to look back on the hurt child. The broken person yeah. with compassion. Yeah. We're trying to shut away and put it down. And when we do that, when we can be compassionate with early difficult parts, let me mm-hmm. put it like that. It's funny, it's much easier to have compassion with other people. Yeah. So in Isaiah 43, here it's here. Forget the things that happened in the past, do not keep on thinking about them. I'm about to do something new. It's beginning to happen even now. So remember that uh, piece of prophecy. Uh, Isaiah was just about to announce the coming king 500 years before it happened, Grand Game. But that's what he was announcing. That's what prophecy does. It brings into awareness something that God is doing. Don't you see it coming, he said to them. Don't you see it coming? I'm going to make a way for you to go through the desert. Yes. I will make streams of water in the dry and empty land. See if we can bring Jesus into the dry and empty land. Whoa! What does he do with it? He changes it. Look at all this, these people here. All of you have had some stuff going on in the past. But look at the ministry that's in this room right now. Look at the world changers that are here. I'm telling you. Okay. So... Here's the other thing, if you're unaware of others, and so we have to be constantly aware of the effect that we have on other people. So some people don't understand the effect that they have on other people. Other people don't care. They just need... So, they just... You know the people. They love to hear the sound of their own voice rather than just listen. If we're unaware, we can be impatient with others. We can lack empathy. An ability to let go in relationships, that's a lack of awareness and love for self. If you're hanging on to a relationship that's not good for you, I'll just keep coming back. And the reason we do it is that often we have a sense, if you've had trauma in your past and you have a sense of not being worthy, not deserving, Sometimes a wee morsel of love is enough. And I'll take that and put it with the crap as long as I get that wee morsel of love. And that's what perpetrators often provide you with, a morsel. Then three weeks later, it's back to the same crap again. And that can be male or female, by the way. Um, And we struggle at times to form healthy relationships. What is a healthy relationship? A healthy relationship is one... When I'm allowed to have my boundaries and I allow somebody else to have their boundaries and it's okay. It's okay. Somebody saying no to me isn't a reflection of my personhood. 
So we need to be sensitive <coughs> to the feelings of others. And I love this. When you're self-aware, when you're um, open to God, you can find the beauty in others even when it's hard to find. And you can find beauty in yourself yeah. even when it's hard to find. So I was telling, um, I think it was Elaine earlier, um, some of the girls will have heard this that have been in retreats with me, but I think it's important. I follow a wee process called IFS. It's called Internal Family Systems. And all the, it's not that um, they don't look at my external family. They look at me and all the traits that I carry that came from my, ex, from my immediate family. My mum, my dad, no, I learned all this behavioural stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what I learned. Some of it was very, <coughs> very painful. Um, and so sometimes it's hard to form really, really good relationships. Um, and so not knowing where I end and the other person begins. Mm-hmm. I just don't know some things. Mm-hmm. And when you've been traumatised, you definitely don't know. Especially if you've, if you've had boundaries that have been broken or abuse yeah. where people broke into your boundaries yeah. without permission yeah. and again that can be male or female yeah. and that's why it's hard because it's often we don't think we're worthy yeah. or we're full of shame and awareness of others is a beautiful thing learning how to support and encourage and stopping long enough to pay attention to someone other than yourself is a truly beautiful quality there are a thousand beautiful things that we can find out about ourselves when we spend time with others. Mm-hmm. So we actually, God's good, it helps <coughs> us to find out about ourselves. Okay, next one. <coughs> Have a break. Now, <laughs> let's, uh, we're going to have a wee break in a minute. What I want to do is, I want to do this wee exercise. Um, Martin, could you just hand them around? Just, have you got them there? Right. So what I want you to do... Oh, no, let's have a break. Well, do we have a break in this? No. No, just go right through. Yeah, uh, but then I was at half five. Is it? Half five. I should be finished by then. <laughs> How long you have you left? Two pieces. How long you have you left? Fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes. <laughs> then I was at half five, Martin. All right. Take two pieces of orange. Don't eat them yet. Pass it round. I think so. Two pieces of orange, pass it round. Don't eat them yet, just hold them in the palm of your hands. As long as you're not allergic to oranges, please t- do this wee exercise with me. You just hold them there now. Daddy, can you change slide? Oh. Change slide while they're doing that. Okay. As far as inner transformation is concerned, there's nothing you can do about it. Okay? You cannot transform yourself, and you certainly can't, uh, cannot transform your partner or anybody else. All you can do, I love this, is create a space for transformation to happen. So if you're in a relationship and you've got challenges, are you creating the space for your partner's transformation? You are now. You in there with a big stick. Oh. So create the atmosphere. Create the transformation for grace and love 
to enter. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. We don't yes. need to do anything about sin. Mm. Jesus has done all. If we can accept that, then we can let grace and love enter in. Mm. What a beautiful God we have. Yeah. Okay, <coughs> next one there. So, keep going to the next one, Derek, and then we'll go back to that. Can I ask the question? Is all right? Just a wee minute. We'll get a wee, after we do this wee exercise. No, next one, Derek. Okay. So, finding God in the dailies. Well, so when we get up in the morning, have we all got the real oranges yet, nearly? When we get up in the morning, first thing, so people say, they often say, thank you, God. Yes. And... And I used to do that as well and still do it sometimes. But I found that when I do this, <coughs> God is here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in touch with the God in the inside yeah. from the moment I open my eyes. God is here. Where is he? He's in me. The hope of glory. What a place to start. What a place to start your day. Breathing. So John Eldridge talks about the one minute pause this is dead important, by the way. Is this one? Is anybody else going to be talking about one minute pause? No. Good. Um, I'll do it then. Yeah. <laughs> As we go through our days, there come many moments when you'll maybe recognise well, I'm lacking a bit of awareness here. I'm not in touch with this God. I'm away on my own. Just stop for a minute. Pause. Just do the wee brain exercise. One minute out of your day. Mm. Can change your whole life, by the way. One minute. And this world thinks that, you know, we should be running around daft. Answer, that's why this unplugged is so important. Everything, you know, answering text. I texted you two days ago. How did you know answer me back? <laughs> well, you'd be quicker sending me a letter. I don't answer text. <laughs> I do answer text. I mean, but you have to make up your own rules for this. You mean your own rules. I've got a colleague that doesn't do Facebook, doesn't do Instagram, doesn't do nothing. He's mobile phone, you can do two things with it. Text or make a telephone call. No. Eh? It's a matter of that. And actually a lot of people have been back to that. Yeah. More and more. I'm thinking about it myself, but I still like TikTok, I mean that yeah. I still got a wee idol there or something. You know? <laughs> so absolutely. Washing. So my mummy used to say, uh, cleanliness is, what is it, I, cleanliness is next to godliness. So that's the only reason I put it out there. But actually, when we are getting washed, can we say thank you, God, for the clean water we have here? Can you think that three quarters of the world starving doesn't have clean water? And we we can waste it and not think anything of it. Just be thankful. Eating. And here's the awareness exercise. What I want you to do is take one of those pieces of orange, just pop it in my chew it and swallow it. Just one piece. Okay? Okay, chew, chew, chew. Swallow. No, they're all swallowed. Yeah? Yeah? Okay, good. Still some people chewing. Take your time, take your time. There's no rush. Hurry up, you. Hurry up. Take your time and hurry up. Okay. So... What I want to do is for one of my 
Yeah, sorry, do we need another one? Just one. No, I think Dylan needs another one. Is anybody got... Oh, I just get one. Oh, didn't I? Oh, nothing worse. Has everybody else got a piece of orange? Yeah. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to... When you're eating this piece of orange, I want you to do it really mindfully. I want you to slowly eat it. Very slowly. And I want you to taste it this time. Taste the... Nice and slowly, very slowly. Close your eyes. Taste the orange. Where are the sensations on your tongue? You're tasting something new. Is it different from the first piece you had? Yeah. You just eat that nice and slowly. Enjoy it. Savour. Think of the journey that we orange has been on. <laughs> that we orange started off in a tree somewhere in Spain, I think. By the by the fridge, you know. But think about this. Somebody had to pick that orange. And then somebody had to pack it. And then somebody had to look after the land and farm it. Somebody had to put it into a car or a van or a train and transport it across the, <coughs> across the channel. And it's been transported all the way up here. It's been divided into wee things. And then there's a box that's put on our Tesco counter. And I'll just want orange. I mean, think we, if we can have a bit more gratitude, see when we're saying grace. Can we thank God for the box packers? Can we thank God for the people that transported it? Can we thank God for the farmer for looking after his life? Grace is an awful lot more than just saying thank you for this orange, Lord. And also for the nutrition that it puts in our bodies as well. We're working. When we're working. Now, try and operate from your gifting. <coughs> if you operate from your gift and it's not like work now there'll be times when you go and earn a few quid and you're maybe doing a job that you don't particularly like because you're trying to be responsible but discover the gifts that God has given you mm. and operate from them yeah. so it takes me and I learned this as a, when I was <coughs> training, as a therapist I was working in Royston Stress Centre and you know Royston oh, yeah. beautiful fishing village <laughs> <laughs> Royston stress and it was mental, right? Um, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. So I got this client coming in. So this client, I'll never forget him. And he says to me, I said, so are you working? No, he says, I'm struggling to get work. I says, um, so what do you do for a living? He says, um, pen. I says, well, you know, that job's a pen and decorator over the council. Eh, not that kind of painting. I says, what kind of painting? He says, canvases and all that. <laughs> I'm like, all oh, right, aye, fair enough. I says, why don't you bring them in and let me see them? As if I knew anything about art, right? Mm-hmm. The ego gets in the way, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Bring them in and let me see them. Anyway, <laughs> he did bring them in. They were brilliant pieces of work. So I had been working part-time in Dungable Prison, uh, volunteering in Dungable Prison at one time. This is when it was a jail, so that's how long ago it was. And... Um, one of the guys that got released got a job in the Tron Theatre in Glasgow, Citizens Theatre in Glasgow, and he was uh, like a, he'd learned some stuff in the jail anyway, they gave him a job, and he was helping new employees into the world of theatre. 
So I phoned Jimmy up. I said, Jimmy, I says, have you got any use for somebody that's good at painting? He says, I were always needing sets painted. In the days, they didn't have all the fancy pyrotechnics and all that. Now they painted the sets. So I says, oh, what are you doing here? I said, Jimmy. So the guy goes down, and he was a genius at this stuff. And years and years later, maybe 15 years later, we were doing a, an art exhibition in the church, just for something to do, right? I think we're trying to reach artists at the art school at the time. You know, they come up with these brilliant ideas. Maybe the art students came, but anyway, <laughs> we ran this thing. And uh, I'm speaking to this guy who painted something for the exhibition. I said, Dada, and I told him about my paint after 15 years prior. He said, did he have long ginger hair in my beard? I says, aye. He says, was his name such and such? I says, aye. He says, that guy, he says, went to Broadway wow. in Los Angeles, painting wow. sets. Wow. He became yeah. so famous. I said, brilliant, I'd love to meet him. Oh, you can't meet him. I says, I know he's dead. I says, <laughs> what happened? He says, he got that successful. Yeah, he went back in the bank. So remember this. We have to love the assignor more than the assignment. Absolutely essential. Amen. So we're communicating all the time, aren't we? So I put some so listening is a form of communication. But remember your body language. You know, somebody's sitting trying to talk to you. Say look at them. You know, be with them. Um and look at you, how you express yourself as well. If somebody's really struggling, <coughs> shouting and bawling at them just doesn't really work. It doesn't work. Um, <coughs> playing, give yourself permission to play, but not on a screen. Right? <laughs> give yourself permission to play. Now, I've got grandchildren. I'd be colouring in. You know what I was doing the other day? Have you seen these wee pens that you blow? You go, and all the, oh, they're great, aren't they? So I'm doing, I'm doing uh, blue, and then red, I says, that'll come out nice and pop off. And my wee granddaughter looks at it, and it was a parrot or something, it was that one. And uh, I says, what do you think of that? She went, not bad. Not as good as mine, granddad. <laughs> I'm reaching. <laughs> she wee upstart. <laughs> but give yourself time to play. Yeah. Go and play whatever you do. Exercise the body is the dwelling place yes. of the Holy Spirit. And for a long time, uh, in fact, I still am pretty overweight, but it's not as bad as it was. It's taken me a long time to, first of all, to recognise what lack of awareness was stopping me from losing weight. And what it was, I was eating for comfort. But when I dealt with the thing that I was, it was the same thing all the time. But when I dealt with that and did some work on that, I've not been eating the same. Because I don't need to. I don't need that comfort. Yeah. And so if you are eating for comfort, we have to rest. Mm-hmm. This is, and Derek was talking about taking that time to rest. The reason we don't do it is because sometimes we lie down with feelings that are uncomfortable. Yeah. And so we don't want to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless we look inside and deal with the stock that's there, mm-hmm. we'll never move on. In fact, we don't even need to deal with it. Yeah. Jesus does it for us. But we need to allow him into those places. Next one, Derek. Oh, no, no, sorry. Um, <laughs> doing exercise. 
My brother, Pastor Evansko, you know, can still do that. He's empty. I can't do it. Um, resting. Oh, look at that. Entering into rest. Very good. Sleeping and dreaming. Somebody give it a sleep. So we used to do that. As I lay me down to sleep. What a scary prayer that was. <laughs> <laughs> I was terrified. <laughs> As I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If in the morning I don't awake, I pray the Lord my soul. Me and one of that can't sleep now. <laughs> I'm getting triggered every time I go in my bed. <laughs> but seriously. Um, bring your sleep to God. Yes. It's really important. God. And here's the amazing thing. You can ask the Holy Spirit for a dream. Mm-hmm. Yes, come on. Yeah. Holy Spirit, you give me a dream that would help me, that would instruct me. Yeah. Yeah. God will give you it. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't need to communicate. We don't need noise to communicate. And neither does God. <laughs> he can use noise to communicate. Thunder and lightning and explosions and all that. God's great, all that stuff. But we don't meet him there, we meet him in the quiet place. Or I find I meet him best there. We need to find God and he cannot be found in the noise and restlessness. God is the friend of silence. So when you sit in your silence, you know you've got a friend. He says, oh, jararatasha. As soon as you sit in silence, You've got a friend right there. I got a friend in Jesus. Yes. See how nature trees, flowers, grass grow in silence. They grow in silence. They just grow. And they grow naturally. And it's tough to be a tree. How do you like to push one every day? And yet it still grows. It still grows. <laughs> Sorry, Lord. So it's all right, Dave. That's a good one. But look at the stars in the moon. Actually, we think they move in silence. They don't really. They don't really. The whole of the universe has a resonance, a sound that we don't perceive. But what scientists have started to notice is the whole of the universe, the tracking of all the planets in this magnificent thing, has got a sound. And that sound resonates out into eternity. In the beginning was the... Has the word got a sound? Oh. And that word still resonates through the whole of the universe. What an amazing God we have. Eh? The more we can give, um, the more we receive in silent prayer, the more we can give in our active life. We need silence to be able to touch souls. The essential thing is not what we say, but what God says through us. All our words will be useless unless they come from within. You can do nothing by yourself. Even that. Oh, what? Eh. Words would not give light of Christ. Increase the darkness. Mm, we don't like increasing the darkness, eh? <coughs> Nearly there, Derek. Next one. So, what are your three takeaways from this session? So, write them down. If there's three wee things that you thought, 
I'm going to take that away. I like that, I like that. I didn't like that. It's okay, you can take that away and get resentful later, that's fine. Um, and what actions are you going to take as a, as a result? Because it's not just about improving your faith, it's about putting an action in. So you decide in the And if the action is nothing, at least it's an action. Um, and what I want to do is maybe in your small groups later on tonight, There'll be other stuff comes up in your groups, but maybe have a wee think about that. And maybe share with that in your small groups. So I just want to do um, a final wee meditation with you. So this last wee meditation lasts ten minutes. And what I want to do in this... So I went into a studio and recorded this again. Some people have, have heard this before. But we've been talking about letting things go and maybe as I've been speaking tonight you've maybe got some more stuff you think I need to give this to God and leave it there, let it go. So this wee meditation is a bit like that. It's a wee guided meditation that I did not necessarily for a Christian market because guess what? When we're out there in the community and we're doing this kind of work with the community they start to get intrigued by it. Say, Where do you get this? And then you introduce them to Jesus. It's quite simple. So that's why this was done. <coughs> so Derek, if you could just do the wee and just assume the position. Keep the deck and hands in the lap. Okay, deck. The river of life. Let's start with a simple breathing exercise. Breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. Allowing yourself to relax deeply. Gently. Securely. And as you breathe, just become aware that your body is becoming softer and softer. Relaxing into the chair or the bed. As we go on this guided meditation, don't look upon it as if you were looking for a movie on a screen. But enter all the way in. Imagine now you're walking through a dense forest. You can see the sun glinting through the tops of the trees. Take in the smells, the colours, the sounds. On your right hand side, there's a flowing river. 
Look at the river for a moment. Wonder at its constancy and how it continues in its journey towards its destination where it merges into a vast ocean. The river takes with it all the memories of its journey. From its beginning, it soars high up in the distant mountains. Wonder for a moment at its journey. From a tiny stream to joining with other streams until it becomes this beautiful river. Think about the storms it's faced and times of struggle to break through the land. Watch it as it moves now effortlessly onto its destination. See the sun glimmering on the surface as the river flows. Ponder at how the river is a life source for so many creatures in the forest. And now, I want you to focus on yourself. Where did you begin? What were your storms and struggles for breakthrough in your life? And yet, here you are today. You have survived 100% of your worst days. Maybe you have some things you want to let go of so that your past is not a predictor of your future. I want you to imagine now you're letting go. Placing these things into the river and allowing all to float away. The river can carry what you cannot. Maybe it's your tendency for perfection. Let it go. Your self-criticism. Your broken dreams. Let them go. Maybe you're holding on to an old grudge. Is it time to let it go? And now, can you let go of the fear and the stress? Let go of the hurt and the pain. Whatever you need to let go of, place it into the river. You don't need to carry it anymore. And now as you really let go, watch these challenges and stressors float gently away. Don't be tempted to go after them. Many people 
are defined by their past. Today is a new chance to be defined as the person walking into their future. And now, turn and walk deeper back into the forest. Sense the immensity of the creation around you. And as you continue to walk into the forest, you come to a circular clearing that is bathed in sunshine. In the centre of the clearing is a large stone. You need to rest now. So have a seat on the stone. Feel its warmth and the warmth of the sun on your back. Allow the air to fill your lungs. Breathing deeply. This stone is the place where a new destiny begins. Where you become all that you can be. So focus once again on the breath. Taking three deep breaths as we start to become aware again of our breath and our body. And we walk free. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes and come back into the room. Fighter Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to connect with our services or you want more info or details about upcoming events, connect with us online at www.freedomfighter.life or drop us an email at info at freedomfighter.life. Till next time, God bless you.